This is Jason Cohn. Say that again. This is Jason Cohn, director of Facing Fear. Welcome to the uh, the, the show, um, uh, Jason. Uh, why did you make this film? Uh, the film actually originated. It was it's part of a, a bigger project that uh, I'm working on about uh, love and forgiveness. Um, and I'm working with an organization called the Fetzer Institute. And Matthew and Tim's program at the Museum of Tolerance was a uh, project that Fetzer had gotten involved with, and they brought it to my attention. And after reading about it and reading Matthew and Tim's story and um, what they had gone through and what they were still going through, I just felt like it would really make a compelling film. Yeah, it is a very powerful uh, narrative, and... Uh... I was wondering how um, you um, you think that this what what are you trying to reach with this story? I guess so. What what is the goal of this um, powerful documentary? Well, you know, in the end, this this is a story about forgiveness. Um, the details of of the events that happened in their life are you know very dramatic, and so that's obviously part of the story. The the, the attack that occurred, uh, and then the two of them coming back into each other's lives, uh, has some, you know, extremely dramatic elements. And we, of course, wanted to, uh, show that. But, um, in the end, it, it is a story about forgiveness. And we wanted to really examine the process and the journey that they, they went through, um, after reconnecting, um, and, and being in each other's lives uh, and what they were going through and sort of where all their uh, feelings and emotions came from uh, as they were, as they were going through that. It's a story of uh, reconciliation also. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't clear from the, what I've saw uh, whether the perpetrator was uh, ever punished for his acts. I, you know, Tim was not punished for this incident, um, this incident was uh, never had never been reported to police. Um, it had never, um, you know, been recognized until basically 25 years after it happened, when the two of them came back into each other's lives and and then then came to light. So um, Tim had never been, um, you know, officially <laughs> penalized for 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 the. Uh, attack, but that does not mean that he hadn't lived with this for 25 years and sort of had dealt with it on his own and had been dealing with, with it on his own uh, through the years. And I think that's what he then had to confront after um, coming back into, into Matthew's life. Did he face any legal um, uh, risk for coming forward? No, I, I think, um, you know, Matthew had never gone to uh, the authorities with it or anything like that. And I think when they did meet, they were both at a point in their lives where they had both become very different individuals, which is part of what we uh, wanted to tell in the film and show how they have changed. You know, Tim is, is, is a reformed uh, neo-Nazi and he now goes out and speaks to groups and does educational outreach. And so um, I don't think that really ever uh, came to the equation. Tim, Tim did have some other um, issues in his life where he was uh, arrested or and for a, another hate crime uh, when he was involved in the white power movement. But but this one uh, was not one that had ever been you know recognized or even uh, known about until the two of them started talking about it publicly. 
uh, I wasn't clear why he picked on 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 him, why why Tim picked on the victim. Yeah, you know, basically in the film, Tim talks about you know the lifestyle he was living at the time uh, as a Nazi punk is is how he describes himself, which was a sort of a, a side shoot of the of the punk scene uh, in L.A., which were these group of kids that you know were sort of living sort of recklessly and there was a lot of violence just involved in their general life and they would just basically go around and pick fights and start fights with people and in particular they were um you know sort of going along the lines of sort of what a uh you know nazi uh uh theme would be which is you know uh, against anyone that was different than them and different than the white aryan race so um they sort of knew they were in a gay neighborhood when this attack happened, and they assumed that the kids that they were targeting were gay, and that's what they uh, went after them for, basically, is just for that reason, because they were they were gay. And, um, you know, Tim talks about how there wasn't really any rhyme or reason to it. Um, and, and, you know, it also should be told that the punk scene generally in L.A. was a very vibrant scene, and there was a lot of you know, music that, you know, was, uh, yeah. you know, seminal and, and people look back at it and, and enjoyed that scene, but there was this little offshoot of Nazi punks and they were, they were not well liked by the, by the punk community. Um, you know, and there were even songs and campaigns that came out against the Nazi punks. So this was sort of a smaller sect of that whole scene. And we certainly didn't want to, um, you know, make it look like the punk scene was the, 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 uh, nemesis here. Uh, it just happened to be that Tim was caught up in one offshoot of that that was sort of not doing a, not doing the way most of the people were. Uh, geographically, this was before the city was established, right? Uh, West Hollywood was, or was it already established? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I'm not totally sure about that. I, I It was established as sort of a, um, you know, known as a gay neighborhood. So, um, I think in that sense, it had its, um, you know, it, it, it had its image and it had its character already. And it was a ah. place where, where a lot of the gay community community was flocking to in the 70s and, you know, in, in early 80s when this attack took place. Did, um, did they know they were going to be in the same auditorium uh, at the uh, Museum of Tolerance? Uh, Initially, no, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. They, they you know, the... The meeting was coincidental, and there's a scene in the film where uh, we sort of show how that happened, which is right. um, pretty remarkable, um, basically how it all happened as they are just sitting having a conversation, and then it happens, there's a couple things that lead to it coming up, and then they realize who each of them are sitting across from. How serious were the injuries? Uh, Matthew, you know, he was injured pretty, pretty seriously, but he, he actually never went to a hospital. Hmm. He never sought help. He was, you know, he was living on the street. He was a homeless teenager living on the street. So he, you know, he was a little fearful of going to authorities. He, he kind of feared authorities based on what he had seen on the streets before. So, you know, he was, was essentially left for dead, um, but managed to sort of crawl out of there and, you know, essentially went to a pharmacy and stole a bunch of bandages and, and antiseptic and kind of bandaged himself up, hmm. but he had cuts and uh, was bleeding all over. He still has scars uh, from the attack and he, you know, 
you know, bruising and, but he, um, you know, he managed to just sort of recover by himself, but he was basically left for dead unconscious, uh, on, on, in the, in the alley. So he was, uh, by himself when he was picked on, right, Matthew? There, there were actually, there, there, there was a, there were a couple of people with him, but they all scattered, oh. uh, when Tim and his group approached them or, or charged them, I should say. Uh, so they all scattered and the other, the others got away and basically Matthew sort of became the focus of the attack. And there were, there were actually 13 of the, of the skinheads that were, um, you know, beating him, uh, at once. Uh, what year did this happen? Uh, this happened in, uh, the early eighties. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was obviously a different time. Uh, and, uh, it was sort of, uh, I think a different mindset going on, and um, you know, I, I think that's part of what we wanted to show in the film as well. Uh, I covered a, a, a attack on a Vietnamese guy in the nineties uh, in, mm-hmm. or, in Orange County, where a dozen uh, white kids went to Laguna Beach to beat up queers, and two of them actually went onto the beach and uh, smashed his face in, mm. and um, so there was a trial and a criminal and a civil case. Mm-hmm. That covered for some of the alternative papers in town, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, yeah, this, it wasn't this, a neo-Nazi thing. Although they were all white kids, yeah, it was all, all still. I mean, part of you know the film we are addressing hate crimes in general. Uh, this happened to be a gay hate crime, but it could have been you know it could have been it could have been against an African American you know. So uh, I think we were trying to tell the story that this you know it could have been any sort of um, hate crime that could have filled in the blank there. But, um, you know, in, in the end, we, we did want to focus on, on the on the forgiveness process that happened after that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, the case I cover was also gay bashing uh, mm. in Laguna Beach. Yeah, they uh-huh. specifically went to beat up queers. Oh, wow. Uh, so, um, but the, uh, do you, f- did you find that uh, a, it's a unique case? Or did you find other instances where, the perpetrator meets up with the uh, with the person they bashed. Um, uh, yeah, you know there there have been certainly been other cases, uh, you know, of the perpetrator or victim uh, reaching forgiveness. Yeah, there's I mean there's there's many. I mean, and you can find them. The thing about this incident was that um, the the backstory and and how they actually came back into each other's lives. A lot of times when you hear about some of these stories about a perpetrator and a victim reconciling and and going through a process like this, it tends to be a case where there was a criminal trial and uh, they both knew who each other were from the outset. And uh, they went through this, uh, maybe went through a criminal trial or, or did go through a process where they right after the attack still knew who each other were and then had to go through it with this case. I mean, there was 25 years in between yeah. the attack and when they came back into each other's lives. And then the way they came back into each other's lives was coincidental. So that just added another layer to dealing with trying to go through a forgiveness process, then just dealing with something they hadn't, either of them had probably stored away for 25 years uh, and not thought about um, to be, to be brought back to the surface and then to have to deal with it. Uh, and they each, you know, went through a lot, individually uh as a perpetrator or as a victim there's many range of emotions that sure. you know you, you need to deal with as as uh, to go through this 
Yeah, I think that's uh, it's really clearly drawn out in the film. How the in the shock initial shock of Matthew recognizing who this person was.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question about the、uh, research for this film.、Uh, You didn't show the perpetrator in a mohawk.、Uh, mm-hmm. You couldn't get a photo of that, huh? Yeah, no. Unfortunately,、um, you know, Tim is a、uh, reformed, you know, neo-Nazi, and、um, when he was sort of in his rebellious stages as a youth,、uh, you know, he was a, a teenager when the, when I first started. There, there wasn't a lot of、um, there's not a lot of pictures of him. It was not something he was very distant from his family. He was a kind of a troubled kid, and and you know it's just not something that there were not a lot of、um, photos of him. We were able to get a few photos of him in high school, just before he sort of went down that road, and we have a few photos of him when he got more involved in the white power movement. But there was sort of a、um, there was not a lot of、uh, he did、yeah. he just does not have a lot of that just because of the way he was living his life. And and similarly, Matthew,、uh, you know, Matthew left his home at the age of thirteen and lived on the streets. Uh, and so there was really, from the age of thirteen up until his, you know, sort of,、uh, you know, maybe early twenties or, or mid twenties, there was really nothing of Matthew because, you know, as a street kid, there's no reason why you would have pictures. He didn't have family or anything like that. That you know, so that, that you know, that was a case where we.、Um, You know, we just didn't have some of that available to us, so we 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 did want to tell their backstory as much as possible. So we, you know, there's other ways that we went about doing that. Did uh, uh, what what ages were the two uh, two uh, characters in this uh, portrayal? When,、uh, when it happened? When it happened? I mean, yeah.、Uh, so Matthew was 13, and、uh, Tim, I believe, was 17. Wow, and、uh, I noticed that.、Um, He, Tim, I mean、uh, Matthew, mentioned that he he didn't really hate his mother. He had tried to understand what happened, why、mm-hmm. he was kicked out of、uh, her home, and did, was there any reconciliation there? In in, in actually, you know what?、Uh, Matthew's mother actually、uh, passed away before he had ever seen her again. Oh, so they they never he never saw her from the time he left that from that time last time he saw her. When he left home at the age of thirteen, he he never got to see her again and never had any communication with her.、Um, she passed away in the in the time that he eventually、uh, got back off the streets and sort of had ch-、uh, changed course of his life. What、uh, what happened to the was the father absent?、Uh... No, he、um, his father was around. His parents divorced、oh. uh, at a young age.、Um, And、uh, but it was you know he was he was around but it was his mother I think that we focused more on the relationship with his mother because it it sort of is what sort of、um, I think set a tone in Matthew's life obviously and, and sort of put him on the course he was on and sort of emotionally had the the biggest impact on him and, and you know and vice versa with Tim we were trying to. Go back into his past to see, you know, what sort of led him down the road that he was on, and we were trying to show the two of those backstories、uh, as they developed.、Uh, I noticed you didn't mention,、uh, you didn't portray very much of his、uh, life on the streets.、Uh, he was hustling. And, yes.、Uh, how does he feel about that period in his life? He had to do it to survive. Right. You know, we 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 talk about it,、um, and Matthew, you know. Matthew talked about it, but it's not something he he necessarily wanted to dwell on. As you might imagine, it was 
not a comfortable situation. As he says in the film, it wasn't something that he wanted to do. He was just doing it to survive. Um, and to be honest, we didn't think we needed to dwell on that. Uh, I was trying as much as possible not to sensationalize this story and, and sort of get to the meat of the story. Um, you know, we wanted to talk about the attack and what happened in the two of them meeting and then talk about, you know, the, the, the process they went through um, and the reconciliation process. But we were really trying not to sensationalize, even with the attack, which is a very yeah. strong, dramatic thing. We, we, we sort of played it a different way in the film where we, we, we tried not to make it too in your face. How many talks have they given together to uh, high schools, etc.? Oh, uh, you know, it's probably too many to count. They, they, since they uh, came back into each other's lives in 2006, and then they started doing the presentations together through the Museum of Tolerance soon after, uh, they started going to schools, and then they started doing a monthly talk at the museum in addition to the outreach they do. So they, wow. you know, they, they've they've done. They've done uh, plenty of it. They've been around each other plenty in, in that environment. And that's, you know, that's something I wanted to explore because when they started doing the presentations, they kind of still barely knew each other. Um, and they were maybe, you know, maybe not totally ready for it. Um, and they certainly were not at a point where they either of them had gone through the whole forgiveness process, but they were doing it. And I think in the end it actually it did help with that process and it caused them to sort of see things a little clearer and learn more about each other. And, you know, rather than retreating off to, to distant corners. Um, so, so a big part of the film was really to explore that in the six years, how that grew and how they, you know, got through that process and, and if they're where they are and if, you know, certainly it's not a process that ends. I mean, they're still, I'm sure that, you know, still day to day, they still have things that they deal with, but they're certainly at a point now where they're working together and, you know, consider themselves friends. Uh, I'm wondering how the, the reaction was uh, in the, among the students who, who see this uh, or hear them talk about it. You know, um, I think, I think it makes, you know, a big impact. Um, you know, we were only able to scratch the surface on that in the film, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you can see in the film we have uh, at least a couple people that are really um, affected by it uh, right off the bat. And whether it's Matthew's story in particular about, you know, the homophobia and, and, and what he had to deal with, or whether it's the fact that, uh, you know, Matthew even could get to the point of forgiving Tim who, you know, who almost took his life. And I think, you know, a big part of the thing for them is they speaking to the kids and speaking to students is, is really important to them. And they, they, they want to, you know, one teach lesson about bullying, which, you know, obviously right now has been, you know, in the news everywhere and it's finally being recognized. And for them, they're, they're able to add to that conversation, which I think they really enjoy being able to educate kids more about this and see firsthand what it looks like. Uh, and then secondly, um, you know, teaching kids about how they feel about, you know, forgiveness and whether it can be part of your life. You know, with the film, we are not trying to preach a right or wrong answer as far as forgiveness and whether you should or should not forgive somebody in your life. I think it's really dependent on that individual and the circumstances and, 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 and where you are. Um, and even Tim in the film, 
says, you know, I don't know if I could forgive somebody the way he's forgiven me. And that's something for me through the course of filming and, and making this film was always in the back of my mind thinking from a, from a personal perspective of, yeah. you know, how I would handle a situation like this. And, and if I could get to that point of forgiveness and, um, and that's something we hope uh, the audience takes out of it. Just, just examining these issues. Did you, you didn't want to interview uh, in the film, you didn't interview any of the students to uh, portray the reaction. No, we, um, you know, we, it's something we did talk to a few people, uh, that were at their presentations. Uh, but in the end, when we were putting the film together, we just sort of decided this film is there is Tim, Matthew and Tim's story. Yeah. Focus and on we, them. Yeah. And we sort of felt like it should stay with them. And we, you know, we did show a little bit of audience reaction yeah. and, and, um, yeah, you right. know, get a little bit of hint of that. But, but in the end, we really felt like, this was their story and, and we wanted people to see their story and then take what with it, what they will into their own lives from, from how these two men approach this. I think the film captures well, the, um, the trust between the two, um, you showed, uh, when, uh, you know, the, he actually trusted when his partner, uh, was, was his, or was Tim's, or was, uh, Matthew's partner, uh, yes. Dying or, or yes, yes, yeah. who passed away? Yeah, yes. and uh, Tim was there. Yes, and yeah, and and again, it's a trust that that was not built overnight. So um, it, it's remarkable that they were able to come to that point, uh, and it's something we were hoping to show that progression that it, you know they both went through a lot of turmoil just to get to that point, and they still probably still do face some turmoil, though they're at a point now where they're pretty comfortable with each other and their relationship. And, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it is a, an extraordinary story and an extraordinary, um, you know, personal reflection on, on behalf of both of them to, to get to where they were. And I think uh, a lot of people, when they look at a story of forgiveness and you have a victim and a perpetrator, you instantly say to yourself, wow, that victim needs to forgive that perpetrator. So that victim is the one who sort of maybe has the bigger burden and, and, and that's who you would expect. But, you know, I think in the film, we really want to show that, you know, just because Tim was the person being forgiven, he had to deal with a lot himself and there was a lot he had to go through and, and demons that he had put away for a long time. And, you know, he talks in the film about trying to forgive himself for the person that he was. And, and so, uh, you know, we just were trying to really build the story as a as a as, as a balance between the two of them, uh, and showing what each of them were going through, and they were each going through their own personal issues. Yeah, I think the film uh, makes us realize that we shouldn't always demonize the perpetrator and uh, lock them up and throw away the key, because you know, if if humanity has any hope, we need to try to work and work these things out. Yeah, and I, I you know, and I think it's you know, clear with seeing, I mean, Tim, you know, is a perfect example of someone who was able to sort of rehabil rehabilitate themselves and, and become a different person. Um, and obviously it can happen. And, and sometimes people need a chance. He, he did do a little time in jail. And I think after that, that's not what turned him around uh, totally, but I think after that, it gave him some perspective. And then things in his life started happening where he sort of was able to sort of see a little more that he wanted to become a different person. 
Uh, how about yourself? Uh, on on this project, you said that this is part of a bigger project. What what, what did you mean? So um, this was uh, there's a bigger project that we're doing about love and forgiveness, and I've actually been traveling around the world for the last year and a half, focusing on stories of. Um, you know, uh, love and forgiveness, but the, but very different than what you see here. Um, uh, just about people uh, sort of using compassion to um, sort of spread their knowledge to other people or, or spread their um, ways they approach their careers or finding alternative means to help people um, maybe that you wouldn't normally suspect. And, and then there's also some forgiveness. We, we did a piece in Uganda about post, post-war forgiveness and reconciliation, which is a very different than, than, than what we've done here with Facing Fear. But, um, but it all sort of falls under the same realm. And there's actually a feature documentary that will be finished in the next few months that will sort of encompass um, all of the other stories that we focus on, but but the story of Matthew and Tim, uh, we sort of decided was a was a separate piece because it um, just sort of had a really strong dramatic uh, element to it, and we felt it really worked as a, as a short film, and that's why we we've decided to put it out as as the short film. Do you plan to distribute it or make it available to schools? Uh, yeah, you know. Definitely, you know, we are just starting our festival life, uh, premiering this weekend uh, at Outfest and in, in Los Angeles. And um, we assume, we're, you know, we're hoping to do other festivals and then do some sort of distribution where it can get out there a little bit. But then in the end, uh, we always felt that this is a good educational tool, uh, particularly with students. Uh, and particularly, you know, with the tie-ins with the Museum of Tolerance, who already does um, a lot of education like this, and including with Matthew and Tim's program and the Fetzer Institute at Well, who's involved with this program, who does a lot of educational outreach. Uh, we certainly plan to, to, to go out there with it and make it available for schools and, and, you know, do presentations, ideally, along with screening the film. Great. Thank you very much, Jason. And, uh, you know, if anyone wants to learn more about the film, about the people in the film, and, and, and where it's playing, they can go to our website, which is Facing Fear Movie. Dot com and there's also a Facebook page and a Twitter that are linked there and you can find out uh, when screenings are coming up and any other information about the film and about the people involved with the film. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks so much for your time, Dan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks.